thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. We got a special broadcast for you podcast listeners. We'll be talking to former OU quarterback Paul Thompson about his time at Oklahoma, recruiting him at the spring game, and all of that jazz. So if you notice, we had a new intro. We're part of the Belly Up Network of, uh, yeah, podcast. So we're joining them on their college sports coverage. And so, yeah, we're part of Belly Up Network now. And make sure y'all check it out and all of that. We appreciate y'all pulling up. And now here's me and Paul Thompson talking OU football. Enjoy. I got a special treat for you all here on the channel. We have former OU quarterback Paul Thompson joining us to talk OU football. Paul, what's going on, my man? Not too much. Not too much. Just uh, getting ready for uh, for summertime activities with the kids. So, uh, so you know, it's it's they're gonna be running around the house, and it's gonna feel like uh, COVID again. Um, you know, trying to work from home from time to time, and little ones are uh, not too little anymore. But you know, noise in the background, dogs barking, and all that stuff. So, um, <laughs> but they're they're so they came running out of the school screaming, <clears throat> screaming and yelling and. And everything else. So they're ready for summertime. Yep. They was hitting you with that uh, Phineas and Ferb is 104 days of summer vacation. They're ready to get started day one, baby. Mm, that's it. That's <laughs> it. Got, the, got the pool heated up. Unfortunately, it kind of dropped the temp. It's got a little cool today. It's yeah. About, I think it kind of dropped here um, to around 70 ish. Not too much. Which a was a big disappointment. <laughs> yeah. And so, not, not, yeah, not upset at all. But, you know, usually in the past, they've come home and or at least last year, they uh, they hop in the pool and all that. So I had it heated up. They still may get in it, but it's a little bit cooler today. Oh, I could totally see that. And, and you know, the fun part about going into summer is realizing that it's pool season, so they can just go run, jump right into it. But like you just said, if it's a little bit cooler, it's not as fun. It, it doesn't feel as right. good getting into a cold not, swimming not, pool. Not the same. I, gotta, I do got to – it's about 85 degrees right now, though, so they should be all right. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, well, let's jump into some of the fun topics or whatnot that I have. Um, first off, spring game. I know that you were actually in attendance out there. Um, how did that go? Talk to me about um, the atmosphere for you there when you uh, got to get back on the field. Because you went to the one last year as well, right? So I missed last year, um, okay. you know, when Baker came back and I was kicking myself. So I made it a, I made it a priority this year because, you know, I was, like I said, everybody came back. I was looking on Facebook last year. But, you know, like I was mentioning with kids, man, sometimes we got to divide and conquer. I think my wife might have been in Dallas. I was in Tulsa uh, at a game that weekend and so ended up missing um, the entire weekend. So this year I made an effort to not only be at the spring game, but I went to, so Thursday night, uh, they had a little event for all the alumni there at the casino in Norman. And so I uh, went out to that. Then obviously Friday was Kyler Murray's um, statue reveal um, there at the Omni downtown. And so I went to that as well. So I like, I blocked off, you know, for, for once. I was like, okay, hey, this is going to be our priority, even for my son, because he, we missed almost, I think we missed, we did, we missed every game OU game last season because we always had something on on Saturdays and most right. of OU's games <clears throat> are you know those 11 11 o'clocks and we're somewhere playing basketball or soccer at that time so made it a priority to get out there and then uh, and then yeah made it out to the spring game it was kind of I hated it because it, it was a little bit cooler like Friday was nice the weather Sunday was great um, Saturday was a little chilly and we had gotten out there pretty early too we got out there around 10 o'clock just because there was a couple, there was a little bit more alumni stuff going on um, uh, prior to the game. So I wanted to be involved with that. And then, um, uh, yeah, I got to, and obviously with, I think Kyler's thing was around 1130, 11, 1130 or so. Right. So there was already people all over the place. And so <laughs> I'm sure it was similar, if not even more, uh, the previous year with, with Baker, but from an environment standpoint, even with the weather and it being you know pretty chilly out there, uh, people came up, people showed up, and uh, and so that was that was good to see. I mean, it was uh, like I said, it, I think a lot of people ended up leaving around halftime. Us ourselves, we even left at halftime um, just because the kids were a little little restless and, and chilly um, being there. We had been there since since ten, but I think we, I mean, I think we were there till 
probably almost four o'clock or so. So from 10 to four, we we're out there. And like I said, there was, you know, thousands and thousands of people out there. So it's always good to get back out there. Um, you know, like I mentioned, I just hadn't got out there a whole lot um, in the past seasons just because of kids sports. So it's nice to, and really nice to, to see a lot of the former, former teammates that I hadn't seen. Some of the guys I hadn't seen since we played 20 years ago. Wow. Okay. Was, I didn't realize that. I didn't yeah, realize yeah. that. Yeah. That was, but it that makes was, sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, so. no, it t- totally makes sense on that. And, and I totally get you with the, with the kids thing. That was my, my son played soccer and my daughter did as well before she decided to retire in high school. And it, your Saturdays are booked up. That's basically your life. So I'm watching football games on my phones with other parents at the games. We over here sharing. Like, you see that? Did you see that play? We over here talking through it. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it keeps you completely occupied throughout the fall, especially since you said, like, your twin girls play uh, soccer. That's, you're not, you, you don't have a Saturday to yourself for a while, but it's not good you made it out this year. It's good you made yeah. it out this year. Yeah. And so, okay. So you got it to be there up until half. I know that, you know, with the new regime change, we've had all the changes that came through uh, for Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley leaving. And then you had Brent Venables comes in, bringing in Jeff Levy, who was at Oklahoma when you were there, if I'm correct. Yeah. So so you've got relationships with just about this whole staff, which is actually pretty awesome now that I think about it. Talk to me about how you feeling about this staff coming in this year. I know last year wasn't what we wanted, what we hoped right. for at being six and seven, but do you see light at the end of the tunnel with this new regime coming in, especially since you, you're kind of partial because you know them? Yeah. How yeah, do you feel was, about it? <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. Um, so the pieces are there, right? And, and then, yeah, once they, you know, once we brought BB back and then Levy came back, you know, Joe John's already on the staff, DeMarco's on the staff. Um, I mean, who else? I know there's a couple more I'm missing because, you know, uh, uh, Schmitty um, yep. is back. Uh, Lance Mitchell um, is on the staff. Rufus Alexander's on the staff. And so, yeah, this is my this is my squad. I mean, I got I got we got this is this is 2002 to, to 2006 squad. And so um, so one was happy that BB got the got the nod and got uh, got to got to step in um, hated that the season went the way that it did, um, mm-hmm. you know, especially for, for BV. There's, it, it just is what it is. It's, there's a lot of dynamics you got to deal with now, especially when you're talking about the transfer portal and getting guys in and all that. So completely understand, you know, kind of getting things up and rolling. Um, but hate that, you know, Venables had to kind of go start off as bad and as rocky as we did, because I know he's a good coach. I think he'll get to a chance to prove that here this season. Um, you know, I think the, the pieces are starting to come in place. And again, it's always, this is a whole new era, a whole new time. You know, talking about the transfer portal and NIL and the things you got to deal with and trying to assemble a team. It's not like it used to be where you could kind of build it from the ground up. Right now you got to build it through the transfer portal. Obviously you still want to get great recruits in as well, but you know, not all the time do they stick around for, you know, two, three, four or five years. And so, uh, so I, I think for sure, obviously Levy, he's been successful, um, all over the place, um, out there with, uh, UCF with, with, with hype. I know there's an old miss with, with Lane Kiffin, um, obviously at, they're at Baylor, um, with Art Bryles. And so he's got a track record of, of success and, and doing well, um, as well as the other coaches there on that staff. So BV knows how to win. Um, it's funny because everybody wanted him out or was, you know, uh, get rid of BV right here. What was that? Probably 15 years ago now. Yes. And he jumps over to, to Clemson and just straight dominates. And everyone's like, come back, come back, come back. Right. And we were having our defensive woes. And so, you know, be careful what you wish for. And so, um, so now we got him back. Right. We get we, we got uh, we got our guy. We got to know you guy. Um, and so. Uh, so, again, he's he's from a personal standpoint as well, the way he relates with the recruits, the way he relates with his team. There's not a, a better guy um, to represent the University of Oklahoma and build this program back to where we're used to being at. So um, so 100 percent feel confident in this staff, um, young staff. Um, again, a lot of guys that I played with 
and uh, a lot of guys that you know have a lot of experience as well. So um, I'm excited. I think there's kind of really only one way to go from last season, and that's up. And uh, hopefully we can kind of start building some momentum here as we push to enter that SEC. Ooh, those the words, SEC, SEC. And so we got quarter former OU quarterback Paul Thompson here talking OU football. And so let's go dive a little bit more into the actual game itself, especially at the beginning. We've got quarterback Dylan Gaber out there who had, to me, he had a really good season his first year here. The injury kind of made things a little bit rocky form at the TCU game and then of course at the same time it felt like to me Levy pulled him back on the reins a little bit because we recognized that there wasn't really any depth at the quarterback position especially once the old regime left the cupboard was bare we're kind of starting from scratch and so then you bring in the recruit Jackson Arnold comes in and so now everybody I'm terrified personally that we're going to have fans start chanting for him like they did the Caleb Williams Spencer Rattler situation I'm hoping it doesn't happen but I want to get your thoughts as a former quarterback when when you saw Gabriel out there not only this past season but even going into the spring game with him and Jackson Arnold what, what jumped out to you about him being able to be sufficient enough to help us win some games this coming season yeah, so Dylan, Dylan's a solid quarterback, right? So um, I think we've even – we've probably gotten a little bit spoiled here at Oklahoma, right? Um, <laughs> yep. Our track record is pretty nice when it comes to quarterbacks. So, you know, we just did back-to-back Heisman ceremonies, you know, the last two years um, at our spring game. So that just doesn't happen um, anywhere else you go. Um, and so – um, shoot, you even look at, you know, Caleb Williams, right? He, obviously, he transferred, but he was three, right? He was another Lincoln Riley. Um, uh, you know, that would have been, you know, another one. Um, but and Hertz was like number two in Heisman right, Trophy voting the year. Hertz was right there, too, right? So, right. so, uh, so Dylan Gabriel is a phenomenal quarterback, right? So he, he's, he's not at the, at the level of those other guys. Um, but in, you know, that's 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 rare air as well when you're talking about uh, his predecessors. So uh, Dylan's a great, great quarterback, has great command um, uh, of, of the offense, has great command of the huddle. He's got respect from his teammates um, and he goes out there and he makes plays. Right. He's smart. Um, he's you know, he's, he's he wasn't you know, he, he had plenty of games under his belt prior to coming here to Oklahoma. And so, uh, um, and then, you know, experience with, with Levy um, as well. And so just having, having that grasp of the offense um, has really helped him out. And so I have no questions uh, about Dylan Gabriel being able to lead us even to a championship. But, you know, even to mm. let's just get to the Big 12 championship first, right, before we start talking past that. But, you know, winning some games, being on the, on the winning side of, uh, of, of just a regular season uh, record, and then Big 12 championships and stuff like that. So Dylan Gabriel can definitely do that. Um, Jackson Arnold obviously is the flashy and, and the, the next the next thing, right? So that's where we always get into problem as fans is 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 you know it's always the next guy, right? We always want to see mm-hmm. the next guy, right? Because their potential is we haven't unlocked it. We don't know what it is, right? Um, so we haven't seen them, and so you allow your imagination to get going and that sometimes can get you in trouble when it comes to, you know, maybe putting a guy out there too soon, maybe not putting them out there in the right, you know, uh, situations. Um, and it can be counterproductive as well when you're talking about, you know, us as fans looking at a situation and not knowing the in-depth practices and film study and all that. And, you know, yeah, he's a great prospect, but we don't know where he is yet on the collegiate level um, because we haven't seen him, whereas the coaching staff has. And so we get into this where the fans want to force something to happen, which could be detrimental to Dylan Gabriel's psyche. And so the guy that we have on the field that's supposed to be leading our team, right, is hearing boos or, you know, chants from the stands on every pass that he underthrows or overthrows, right? And so I dealt with that very briefly just because I was you know after we lost to TCU our first game I was benched so it wasn't like there was a couple of games there where I was hearing it but even that game first game of the season um you know you could hear stuff in the stands because Rhett Bomar was was the Jackson Arnold of you know 
2004, right? Or 2005. And so, you know, it, it does something to you too. When you, you come out and Bomar comes in and the crowd goes wild, right? It's like, man, that's, that's tough after what I've put in, what I've done here at this university uh, to hear that. So I'd say for the, for the fans, for sure, we got a, a potentially, you know, really, really good quarterback in Jackson Arnold. Um, but let the system kind of play itself play itself out. Trust Levy, trust, trust BV um, on how they go about rolling that out. And, you know, maybe they make him, you know, let him sit and watch. Or I know now, nowadays you can you can still get some playing time and still red shirt. So maybe you get some games in early in some of some of the blowouts. And um, then we go from there. So uh, two great quarterbacks. Um, to, or I'd say a, a really, really good quarterback and a, a potentially good quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, to have at least some of that, a little bit of buffer where we didn't have that last year and it really exposed itself in that Texas game, you know, when we had to go wildcat or, you know, split, you know, our quarterback out wide and just now we're playing 10 on 11. And so yeah, it's true. It, uh, it, uh, I think we're in a much, much, much better situation. And not only that, but Dylan's got a year under his belt and, you know, here at the University of Oklahoma as well. No, that's a good point. And I forgot that that was the, the that year in 05 was the year that Bomar was basically was, was behind you because he redshirted what in 04, if I'm correct. Right. So I redshirted my third year because Jason White got a six year of eligibility. Right. So I, yes. I, played, I played as a true freshman and a true sophomore. Um, so I backed up Nate Hibble. We ended up going on winning the Big 12 championship that year, went to the Rose Bowl, won the Rose Bowl. The next year was our um, uh, was was Sugar Bowl year. Um, and so that was the year we, we lost. Was that the year? Yeah, we lost the national champion or we lost the Big 12 championship to Kansas State. Played Bowl. LSU still. Yeah, Played LSU still uh, lost that one, a close one. And then so the next year, oh, Four-ish, yep. um, uh, Jason White got a six-year of eligibility, right? So he just come off, you know, Heisman Trophy, you know, just towards ACL the first year or my, my freshman year, came back, Heisman Trophy, all that. And then um, I was like, man, I, I, I'm going to take this year to red shirt. So it was kind of unorthodox that I sat out middle of my career, but I yeah. wanted to have at least two years to play after that. So after Jason left that year, um uh, that was uh, USC year. So we won the Big 12 championship. We were supposed to be, you know, one of the best teams ever. Ended up losing, getting smoked in the in the national championship to USC. And then 05 is when I got this. Does that game run. actually exist, though? No. It doesn't. Never happened, right? So, never uh, happened. Never, <laughs> never happened. Uh, thanks to Reggie Bush on that one. So, <sighs> So yeah, so oh, 0, 05, um, 05 season and 06 is when I finished up. Back okay, yeah, that makes sense. And so yeah, having the experience with the Bomar situation, I remember that. I remember looking at that like, why are we doing this to Paul? Why don't we just let Paul play? And then of course the TCU game, that was that was in the era of the Gary Patterson surge at TCU and then that's when we actually realized at that point that Gary had Bob Stoops number. It was like one of the coaches that had Stoops number and he would give us hell for years to <laughs> years on and and so yeah, that scenario is something that I'm really hoping we don't see play out again because yeah, like you said, it messes with the psyche. And kudos to you. I think that was my favorite part about you as a player was you you took that in stride, you moved wide receiver, started doing some things, and then of course Bomar did almost as expected in some capacities, got himself in trouble, had to leave, and then boom, what happened? He just plugged you right back in. Went eleven and three the next season. So yeah. obviously we knew that there, the talent was there and the ability was there. We just had to surround you and everybody with uh, the tools needed to be successful. So okay, spring has sprung and our friends at Manscape have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up all the nooks and crannies of your body's basement. But this year, Manscape can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Make sure you look your best this spring by using code BELLYUP20 to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. It's time to tame your mane with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The sun is peeking back out, which means you'll have to show 
your face in the daylight again. So use the kit to make sure your scruff looks award-winning, whether you got glorious beard flow or some smooth, sleek cheeks. The kit starts off with the Beard Hedger, a waterproof cordless trimmer with a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair-cutting lengths, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of add-ons. It also comes with the titanium-coated T-blades that are tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to a single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-sized package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. So what are you waiting for? Save 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUP20 at manscaped.com. Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. Let's... Let, let's jump into a little bit more of that brain of yours or at the quarterback position. We got quarterback, former OU quarterback Paul Thompson here on the show. I want to talk about on the defensive side. So back in your era, the early BV eras, back when our defenses were overly stout with just raw talent and was could, could at moments carry the team for us in some yeah. capacities. Yeah, I kind of feel like the Florida State game – Correction, the Florida State game was them carrying the team to the national championship. When you see the guys that they brought out this year, just size-wise, when you're walking around looking at them, what, what jumped out to you at some of those defensive players uh, this year at the spring game? Yeah, um, you know, solid. Um, we got some solid guys up front. Um, and kind of going back to what you were saying, back when I played, that's – that's exactly what it was, right? You had the Tommy Harris's, the D- D- Dusty Dvorak's, the Lynn McGruder's, um, you know, big, big guys up front uh, holding down and really setting the tone. Um, I remember back then, whenever we'd win the coin toss, we'd put our defense out there first, right? Mm-hmm. We'd let them go wreck shop and we'd get the, we'd get up, we'd be up by, you know, 30 some points and still get the ball at halftime after half. And so, um, so, yeah, so that's a big part of it. Um, I know there's some new faces out there. I don't know everybody's everybody's name, but, um, you know, f- that's where it all starts, you know, on the defensive side. We talk about some of the woes in the secondary. Um, you know, again, you know, it seems like that's kind of a common theme, even when, B, you know, BB got in there. And um, I know there's some learning to do, and it doesn't just change overnight, but, you know, some guys running wide open. Um, saw that even in the, in the spring game um, defensively. It's like, man why is nobody guarding a receiver shrieking down the sideline, right? And so a lot of that can be helped from a, a tough defensive line, right? Getting pressure on the quarterback, making them, you know, see ghosts, you know, even if he's not getting pressure, making him think that he is because you've been up in his grill the last two or three plays. Nice. And so um, so growing that, you know, so, so um, developing that defensive line, um, obviously continuing to educate and grow the, the, the secondary. I, I've, say, I've said it too, it's – you know, it's it's tough. Defenses could dominate, you know, 20 years ago because offenses weren't as complex as they are now. True. Right. So back when I played, it was Texas Tech was really the only they were the first air raid offense. Right. They kind of laid it out. Um, Graham Harold, B.J. Simmons, Cliff Kingsbury. You know, those guys were it was straight. We're, we're throwing the ball 45 times a game. <laughs> Everybody else, you know, you might get you might be, you know, 18 to 25 type of deal. And so, uh, and then not only that, but the spread offense where you got five receivers, right? You got four receivers, you got a tight end, you got a running back coming out as well. So to be able to think about all of that defensively and be in the right position, it's, it, you can bust. If you bust and, and you think something, you know, you got the running back and you actually have the tight end. Well, there goes the tight end down the middle of the field for a touchdown. Right. There's just a lot more to think about than you used to than you had to before. So um, but again, that's no excuse for letting guys be wide open because there's other teams out there that are, you know, solid at their cornerback position or their secondary positions as well. But, you know, like anything, whether that's offense or the defense, it starts up front. Right. It starts up with those guys, um, allows you to have flexibility in your in your play calling offensively um, and allows for your DBs defensively to make plays. Um, you know, when you're cramming up the middle and forcing them to throw or, you know, getting pressure on them um, and being able to get in front and make a pick or knock a ball down just because you got your bigs getting in their face. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so it looks looks promising. I know there was again, I can't remember. I'm not as great with names. And part of the reason is 
business because I don't follow recruiting as much as I used to because everybody just decommits and recommits <laughs> somewhere else. And it's like, all right, screw y'all. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, and until you get here and you're on the field, right? I could care less about you because there's so much of this just back and forth nowadays that I don't follow recruiting nearly like I used to. Um, I just root for the guys and cheer for the guys that are out there on game day. But um, I know there were some bigs, some, some, some nice size recruits um, there at the spring game as well. And it's crazy because I'll even, I'll take, you know, even, when we got on the field, and it wasn't last year, but we did. I did take my son to a practice, and I swear, people are like everyone is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I was walking <laughs> out there, and I'm like, I said, even like, I was like, I can't imagine one of these guys falling on me right now. Like, and I used to run around on this field and just, you know, have four or five, six of these guys chasing me, and I'm like, man, I can't imagine just getting leveled by one of these guys right now um, as big as these kids are. So, uh, so we got some, we got some talent. That's for sure. We just got to put it into action and put them in the right places and make sure they know what the, what they're doing. No. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, when you look at the the players in comparison now, yeah, of course, you know, in your, your era, there were some pretty big dudes on the defensive side, but this, but man, nowadays, yeah, they, they're walking in there as freshmen. Like you're, you're seeing dudes at 300 pounds running four, four forties on the defensive yeah. line. You're like, where, where is this? Like, what are y'all feeding these kids? Like yeah. how, how much juice are they really on? Not steroids, just juice in general. <laughs> they on apple juice nonstop. What, what's the secret? Right. <laughs> but, yeah. um, yeah, that makes me go go back to um, like you said on the recruiting is tough. That's the one thing I do keep up with a little bit. But there's there's a lot of a lot of changes that are happening on that side of the ball. So uh, kind of want to you know level set it for some of the fans that are watching and listening. We got to remember we had a huge set of turnover once uh, Lincoln left. I mean, I think over the the years that he was here, besides just graduates, I think like seventy something percent of the players. Um, were gone by, you know, BV's first year. You know, we, it's just, like you said, transfer portal, shifting, people decommitting, and just it's just a lot of uh, new bodies in there. And so depth was definitely an issue for us this past season, and uh, unfortunately that's what we had to deal with. But luckily, as you mentioned, I do believe BV and staff is able to handle it. So got a question for you on that. We've got former OU quarterback Paul Thompson here joining us on Unfair Sports. Got to ask you. BV, I know you've got some fun stories of him losing his mind on the sideline. You got to give us one that was funny from practice or a game. What, what you got? Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So you know, the, the nightmare, especially as a as a as a freshman coming in, was uh, so that my my and my most of my interactions, right? Obviously, as being an offensive guy, I didn't really you know I weren't you know we'd have our own kind of you know, coaches' dinners where we'll go to their house and hang out and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, you know, you'll have the defense will do their thing too. But um, one thing of being a freshman is your scout team, right? So you're running, you're running plays for the defense. Um, and so at this time, you know, so BV was just a linebackers coach. So Mike, you know, so that's 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 two. You know, Mike can get after you probably at another level than even than, than BV could. Um, I heard some combination words that I'd never heard before as an 18 year old coming out of Leander high school in Austin, Texas. I was like, wait a minute, what happened to all that sweet fluffy stuff? Everyone was saying when I was being recruited. Right. And so, um, uh, so there's, I, I, BV was, I mean, he, he would, he'd get to going and he'd get that spit going on his lip. Um, you know, whenever you didn't throw it to the right guy, it's crazy. Cause you know, you're, you're running scout team. And so you got it. You're, you're basically just a, you're obviously you're running exactly the plays that they want you to do and throw it to the receiver. They want you to throw it to whether he's open or not. And so where you get into it is where they'll rip you is if you throw it to another guy, even if he's open. <laughs> and so they're so structured and how, what they want to see, they want to get a look at right their defense mm. and how they're reacting to me because um, this is what they've seen on film and their tendencies of the offense that they're going to be playing against that hey you know 
They're going to look here first. And so, yeah, you'll get into trouble and you can get ripped for throwing a complete, complete pass to the wrong receiver. <laughs> and mm. so a lot of times, regardless, uh, and that may not, that's not always the case, but, um, but a lot of times, you know, you go into the huddle, they'll draw up a play or not draw up, but they got all the plays written down, but they'll have a, one of the receivers circled. And so that's where you got to throw it. Um, and so BB's given it to me a couple of times just because, uh, you know, I didn't stick to the script. Um, and so you got to push down your natural instincts of throwing it to the open guy and make sure you throw it to who they want you to throw it to for that specific play. And so, uh, but you know, not a whole lot of credit. Like I said, I wasn't, you know, even off the field, didn't, didn't, uh, uh, you know, wasn't around hanging out. It was more on the field type stuff. Um, but uh, BB could get after it for sure. And so he's brought that same low. It, it, what's crazy is, and you can probably tell from his voice, but he's had, he's had that same voice, you know, for 20 years now since he was, you know, in his early 30s. And so you can tell his, his intensity. He still has that same intensity. Um, and again, you know, Mike Stoops had it at a, at a different, I guess, I wouldn't say his intensity was more. It was just different. Um, Mike, Mike had a couple screws loose, that's for sure. And so, uh, <laughs> but, uh, a great coach in his own right, but he was, he had a little tick, a little twitch to him that was unlike anything I had ever seen before. That's funny. He says he had a couple screws loose, which I could totally see that. I mean, I feel like you have to be a little loony on the defensive side. Yeah, to actually yeah I think, I think you got to, I think you almost have to, you got to have screws loose to just be a coach in general, right? That's you got to. You gotta, you gotta be a little different um, to for for college football or really any level of football. Shoot, I had coaching my son, you know, up through little league. You know, I was like, all right, that'll make you crazy in itself, right there. And so uh, I can't imagine trying to maintain and watch over, you know, 85, 18 to twenty year olds, twenty two year olds. Um, and get them to perform, you know, it's tough. I bet. And I was actually going to ask you the question on what, what kept you out of going into coaching, but it sounds like uh, trying to keep up with all those young kids was probably the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So even prior to me having kids and a family and, and all that, it's just, it just uh, never interested me. So, um, you know, again, it takes, it takes a different kind of person from a lifestyle standpoint um, you know, it's 24 seven, not that, you know, other, other professions are, um, but you know, then you got the aspect of, you know, you got, you got, you know, you're dealing with, with young men that are going to make mistakes and you gotta, I know a lot of these coaches can't sleep at night, you know, cause they're, or, I can't imagine today, you know, so, you know, prior to whatever it was three, four years ago when this NIL kicked in, right. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about a kid running around campus corner with, $100,000 in their pocket, right? And all the mistakes and bad decisions and choices that can come from that. So, you know, I, it's just never been an interest of mine. Um, you know, to, you know, there's just so many, you know, obviously I got, you know, tons of friends that are in the, in coaching now and it, you know, pulling your kids out of school when, you know, you know, obviously Lincoln leaves in the middle of the night, right? And, you know, you got a guy like Calvin Thibodeau who's not retained and, you know, he had finally worked his way to making it here to the university of Oklahoma, his alma mater. And, you know, head coach leaves and it's like, Hey, we'll see you later up and move your family. Right. Your wife's just got to tag along regardless of what career she's trying to pursue. Your kids got to get up out of school. And, and so, uh, so those were things that I kind of factored in, but it was never, never really a, 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 it never really was a thought process or in my thought process to, to be a coach. Okay, I can dig that. I can. I, I totally understand that. I think that's the one thing for me is the, um, as long as your your spouse. And it's funny because it seems like, especially with the older coaches, their wives just got their own lives, and they're just like, whatever the husband's doing, he's doing his thing, and they're just living their right. own life as a local celebrity, uh, like Miss Terry over there in Alabama. She she runs Tuscaloosa, and there's mm-hmm. no way that Nick could ever leave that city. Oh, my ex correction, he can leave. She ain't going nowhere. Right. <laughs> I'll just see you, you know, maybe one of these weekends if I decide right. to still entertain you. But I didn't really get to hear your your recruiting story. How did that go when it came to being a recruit? And and is in comparison to today, of course, with NIL, 
there's a big right. difference there. But what was it like being a recruit, um, especially coming out of Austin, Texas? Yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> I was getting all the trader and everybody when I play, you know, because um, I committed to OU the summer before my senior year just to kind of shut everything up, mm. which is complete opposite of what happens now, right? When you commit, you know, or you got someone, a kid that commits, which doesn't mean anything anymore, right? Uh, you know, I committed my junior, my heading into my senior year because that's typically, you know, what you do to stop all the phone calls and stop all the interaction. And then the team knows that, okay, hey, I got this many guys that have committed, so I have this many scholarships that'll go to them. Nowadays, all that's out the window. So even when someone commits, they, you know, they're still getting recruited and, and it just really defeats the whole purpose anyways. But I committed to OU on the summer before my senior year and um, I had an official visit. Um, Mark Clayton was uh, was my was my host. So uh, um, what's funny is my my offensive coordinator at my high school um, had all he's a big he grew up here in Oklahoma, big OU fan. Oh was always talking about OU this, OU that, you know, my freshman, my sophomore year. Um, and then I guess it was, it had been my junior, junior year, 2000. Okay. Yeah. Or, or I guess my, I guess my sophomore year, because I know the championship was in 2000 championship was 01 um, for OU when they won the national championship. And so uh, uh, that was really my first, like, Oh, Oh, you, they kind of, you know, because, you know, obviously before that, they, you know, were just mediocre. And so um, uh, I remember uh, um, Coach Williams just said, hey, oh, you, and he had on his phone the Boomer Sooner song. So that was my first kind of interaction with an OU fan. I had no clue where Norman, Oklahoma was, right? And so um, so as I was getting recruited, you know, my junior year and, um, and all of that, you know, Bobby Jack Wright, you know, started showing up. So he recruited Texas um, and obviously Chuck Long, my position coach, started coming down. Right. And they got these national championship rings on. And, you know, Bob Stoops comes to the house and I'm like, yo, this is this is legit. Right. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm like, like, this is this is. And then I realized, shoot, Norman, Oklahoma is only five hours away from my hometown. And I'm like, ain't no way. Norman, Oklahoma. I had no idea where Norman, Oklahoma was, right? And so I was like, man, five hours away. Not that that was, you know, I, I could have gone to Florida or anywhere else. It wasn't a distance thing. But I'm like, man, that's pretty cool. You know, my grandmother lived in Denton, um, Texas, you know, and so that's kind of halfway point there. And so um, so went on my recruiting visit, loved it. Um, and, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, I was like, man, they're going to allow me to play quarterback. Texas was my other choice. I kind of had it narrowed down to OU in Texas. Texas offered me that summer um, prior to, um, so around the same time, um, they had, Texas had offered me, but they offered me as a receiver. Um, I went to their five-day camp. Um, first four days was, was, was quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Last day, Mac, um, Mac Brown was like, hey, let's see you at a, let me let's see you at receiver. And obviously they had, you know, Vince Young obviously was was my same year. And that was going to be their their guy um, at the quarterback position. So they wanted me to try out receiver, went out, ran some routes, snagged everything, Moss and people. And uh, they were like, we want to offer you. So the next day I came in and they offered me as a receiver. And I was like, man, I could be right here in my backyard. Um, but I was never like a big, like a diehard Longhorns fan. You know, I followed them just because they were in my backyard, but was never like, I wasn't at all the games and rocking the gear or nothing like that. So I was like, man, you know what? You know, Mac, I'm not uh, Mac, but Bob and, 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 and Chuck, you know, Coach Long said they're going to let me play some quarterback. So let's go on up north and, and, and go play, play quarterback. So, um, so that was ultimately what it came down to. Again, love the campus. It blew my mind just being that I was from Austin and, you know, uh, uh, Texas's stadium, Daryl K. Royal, um, is, you know, it's in the middle of downtown, right? So there's, right. you got skyscrapers and parking garages and sixth street and all this. And then the, you know, the stadium sits in the, in, in the middle of downtown and Frank Irwin center and, I remember coming on my visit and I'm driving down Lindsay street. <laughs> right. 
And I'm like, there's the stadium, like right off of Lindsay, a one way. And I'm like, my mind's blown. Cause I'm like, where the hell do people park? How do you get like, <laughs> what's going on here? How is the stadium off of this little side road? Yep. Um, and so that just blew my mind. Then I realized everyone just parks in everybody's yard and all that stuff. But, um, but yeah, it was way, way different than what I thought, especially, you know, a team that was off coming off a national championship and, they just started putting up that that east side, right? So they just started. Mm. That was kind of their new. That was the newest selling little point was that 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 deck on the east side um, uh, of that stadium um, that's there now. So um, so yeah, I was like, yeah, let's let's do this. And so yeah, I got I got called trader and Oki and all that stuff my senior year versus all the other teams. Oh man, that's funny just to think about that because I can totally see it. I mean, being in Austin and you're going to Oklahoma, I was thinking about there was one recruit last year, Colton Vasek, who had initially committed to Oklahoma. Dad's a Texas alum. And then, of course, eventually he decommitted and decided to go to Texas instead. But it was like, I was thinking to myself the entire time, like, what made anybody think or what made you think you were going to go to Oklahoma and people were not going to just jump all over you for leaving and going against the rival because it's a rivalry Oklahoma and Texas we don't like each other that's there's a, yeah. there's a purpose for that and so but luckily you are part of the ride of blowouts and beating up on Texas so we don't have to really yeah. dive too far yeah. into yeah yeah I was portion. part of them, them 65 13s and 12 O's um you know, so yeah, we got uh, we got a we got a, we got to handle of them, and then I lost my junior, so my fourth and fifth year, my junior and senior. We so we lost to, to to Texas my junior year. Obviously, that was their national championship year. Yeah, um, and then lost to Colt McCoy the following year. Um, and I always say that was really our only true loss that year because our first yeah. loss was Oregon, right? Oh yeah, the uh, <laughs> And so, yep, the onside kick, and then the miracle at Boise State in the in the in the Fiesta Bowl. So, you know, there was two games in there in that eleven and three season that were borderline. Well, the Oregon game wasn't borderline anything. That was a flat out robbery job. Yeah. Um, and then Boise State, obviously, the stars aligned for them um, that day, and uh, they got us. Yeah, I remember that. So I guess what um, the the interesting on that one is is you got to play with Adrian Peterson as your running back, and, and we had a stable of backs mm-hmm. in your era. Man, what was that like yeah. having that those backs that you just hand the ball off to and they're gone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, shoot, Kale Kale's got to get more credit, you know, for the mm-hmm. arsenal that he's had since he's been there, you know, starting back with, you know, Quentin Griffin and Ronaldo works and, um, you know, DeMarco Murray's and, you know, you had the, you know, um, uh, what the, the, uh, the two guys, two guys here, uh, uh, at Cincinnati now. Like his, his name's. Oh, yeah. So, You're talking about uh, Joe Mixon oh, and yeah, Samaje P. Ryan. Yeah. Samaje and Joe Mixon. Um, you know, obviously, uh, uh, you know, DJ Wolf played some played some running back there a little bit before AD got there. Um, and then so, you know, it, it, there's been great quarterbacks at OU for, for a long, long time. But yeah, to, 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 to have, um, you know, Alan Patrick was kind of who stepped in for AD, right? When, when AD mm-hmm. got hurt versus Iowa State that year. Um, so Iowa State, you know, is when he broke his collarbone. Uh, Alan Patrick, who started off as a DB, came in and really relieved because DJ Wolf ended up flipping, you know, when AD got there, AD just messed everything up, right? He just had people going all sorts of different directions. And so um, uh, DJ went to DB. And um, uh, Alan Patrick came in, you know, after that Iowa State game and just straight dominated, had a big game for us in the in the uh, game before the Big 12 championship versus Oklahoma State. Had some real big runs in that one, had some big plays versus A&M that year as well. But um, but, yeah, makes makes my job easy. I had the best seat in the house there um, for for a while. Right. Just handed to A.D. left, handed to A.D. right. But, um, you know, then he got hurt and. 
then it was the Alan Patrick show, um, Chris Brown as well. Um, you know, so Chris Brown was, was really a work workhorse for us as well. Um, had some big, big plays for us in the, in the, um, big 12 championship as well as, um, uh, you know, our other uh, running backs. And so stable of backs, right. Um, we, we, we could just hand it, turn around and hand it to anybody. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So here you go. Just, just do it nonstop. Do. Yeah, Maybe it was. Comfortable. I think A and M. Um, that was a call. I think we ended up winning that thirteen to twelve that A and M game. Um, but uh, I think I maybe threw the ball. It might have been. I think it was my lowest passing attempts. It might have been six or seven. I mean, it was low, low. We just ran, 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 ran the ball the entire game. So. Um, you know, AP, Alan Patrick got the ball a lot, got a lot of carries. Then AD, as you remember, he came back for the Boise State game for the Fiesta Bowl was his first mm-hmm. was his first game back. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. Y'all were, you were just you just had to hand the ball off. That's all you had to do, which which was awesome. You didn't have to really, really think too much and especially in that game. So, no. Um, so last one, I, I got to ask you this one. We got Paul Thompson, former OU quarterback here on the show. But me and a buddy has been talking about this last few days. Well, actually, the last two weeks. Um, that 2003 season was probably Bob Stoops' greatest team, one of the greatest teams in college football history that just did not win the championship. And as we talked about earlier, you had the K-State Big 12 championship game, which to me was so fluky, while at the same time, it's Bill Snyder, who knew Bob Stoops very well, and it kind of made sense, of, you know, the way it ended. Mm-hmm. But you had that one game in there that was probably the funnest game you'd ever played in your life against Texas A and M. Told you to uh, laugh as soon as I mentioned it. Yeah. You were out there because you scored how many? What two? Or, you scored what three touchdowns in that game? Two pass. One yeah. Run? So another was a defensive. I think uh, Derek Strait had a defense, but it was forty nine zero, and I came in the second half and played the played the second half, and so you know from forty nine to seventy seven was uh was you know was was us um again i think there was a defensive touchdown in there as well but um but yeah i had i think i, I had two rushing touchdowns i know and then yep. uh, what a lot of people forget is you know it was it was 77 oh in the third quarter like yep. this, <laughs> this wasn't, yep. wasn't the end of the game i mean this was the third quarter so i'm telling dante nicholson um or dante hickson sorry i'm telling dante hickson you know, don't score, and we're in the third quarter, right? So we're in goal. We're, we're, in, we're, we're, you know, we're on, I don't know, the 10, the 9, somewhere in there. And uh, Coach Stoops sends the play in, and he's like, yo, tell tell Dante, don't score. I'm like, wow, this is wild, right? You know, we're in the third quarter. And, um, and sure enough, I told him, and a lot of people will still remember that play because Johnny Jolly um, for AM comes through, makes a tackle on Dante and uh, like gets up and just does this dance, right? And then you can see me, if you watch the video, you can see me go go run up to him and I'm just barking at him like, you know, scoreboard this and what the hell, you know, you're getting smashed right now. Why are you doing this belly dance? And I go, I, I go, we told him not to score, right? And so, and it's funny because Johnny Jolly was, I was, he went to Green Bay. I was in Green Bay briefly, so we kind of, joked about that a little bit um that game but you know that was revenge right because the previous year oh two us at a&m right they kind of spoiled reggie mcneil spoiled our national championship hopes that year. sure did right. yes right? reggie mcneil true freshman just like i was he came out the same year out of lufkin um straight lit us up and um and uh and they got us right so they they knocked us off um that year uh and that really derailed us as far as the national championship picture still won the big 12 championship made it to the rose bowl but um but that a&m game the previous year really uh really knocked us off course a little bit um there so it was it was nice to handle them the way we did when they came to our house yeah and then you had the rashawn woods game and that 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 uh if I'm correct, that was the yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't, yeah, right. wasn't that the the big time catches and because after getting thrown off from A and M, then well, yes, yeah, so, well, so Rashawn Woods was 0-1 in the corner yep. of the end zone at OU, 
um, because that was before I was there. And then, yeah, so then we played at O-State and lost to them again. Um, Back-to-back years, we lost to them um, in O-2. Yeah. Yeah. Woo, that was that was the 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 excitement for Gundy. Why everybody's gonna make it seem like he needed to definitely that was definitely his job at that point. He secured his lifetime job those two <laughs> years in a row. But yeah. uh no, I I, I from that A and M game, it was the fascinating thing was is like you said, going into the third quarter, it was you know forty nine oh and everybody's like, Okay, don't score, we're not gonna blow this up. But when you just started rattling off points and the goal was like it was like okay they could go for one hundred. What stopped Bob from letting y'all go for a hundred points? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, especially like you know, at least give us the whole third quarter to go full speed, right? Um, or maybe right. even through the, through the fourth, especially because we got a lot of young guys out there that's, that's getting reps, right? I'm on TV. I'm on ABC. Mama and Mama's watching at home, you know. And so uh, I want to show out. And uh, and so he called off the dogs though third quarter, and then you know fourth quarter came, the clock just ran, and so uh, the fourth quarter was quick. But uh, but yeah, man, it was just everything just went our way. Um, I'd have to look back. I don't know if there. Were, I don't know if we had any punts. Um, it seemed like every play um, or every drive ended up in seven points. And so, uh, you know, we probably had some punts later on in the fourth quarter or something like that. But everything worked. Like I said, we had some, I think, a defensive score by uh, maybe D straight, um, a strip fumble. Um, yeah, yeah, straight got that fumble. The last touchdown that led him made it 77 to nothing was the yeah. straight fumble recovery, and he ran it in. It was like, wow, did, did Oklahoma <laughs> even – wow. Right, and so they just – A&M just laid down. I mean, it was, it was, it was too easy at that point. And for those that are curious, yes, there was one punt the entire game for the Sooners, and AM punted 12 times in that game. <laughs> Their punter had 421 yards punting. Uh, uh, there you go. That's embarrassment. That's embarrassment. But that's bad. That's bad. That's bad. Uh, but that will wrap things up. Paul, thank you so much for pulling up. We've got former OU quarterback Paul Thompson joining the show. Man, I appreciate you taking some time to join us and talk, talking some ball. 